If you're watching this channel, it's because you don't enjoy watching the world squander what Christendom built, and you want to do your part. Today I'd like to mention one means of doing just that. Email made by and for Catholics. Check out Fide Email. That's F-I-D-E-I dot email. Built for Catholic individuals, families, organizations, and groups. They're private, secure, and of course Catholic. God bless. In the past few days, the Remnant published an open letter to Francis, written by Robert Morrison, and co-signed by Remnant Editor-in-Chief Michael Matt. I won't be reading the full text of the letter here for you. Instead, I invite those interested in the letter to read the full thing for themselves over at Remnant Magazine's website. And I'll post a link to that letter over at returntotradition.org, which is my personal website that I post all sources to my videos at daily. Go sign up there for updates. It's free to sign up. It's also a good backup place to follow me, especially for those times when YouTube fails to let you know about my latest videos, which seems to be happening right now. That open letter asks a basic question, though. Why is Francis so focused on destroying the Catholic faith? It's a provocative question to be sure, especially for those who think that things are basically just fine in Rome and that we have a duty to submit to a destroyer that the world recognizes as Pope, those who have the mistaken notion that the Holy Spirit chooses the Pope, which is a novel idea from the 20th century. But Francis is a destroyer. There's no other way to describe him. Unfortunately, he's not the first to act in such a way from the church's highest office, but hopefully he'll be the last for quite some time. This letter notes something important. The problems we see aren't exactly new. Not really. Francis is merely completing the work of adopting ideas the church had formally condemned prior to Vatican II. Francis and his supporters remind everyone that the ongoing Synod of Sin was the continuation of the work of Vatican II. And here in that letter we see the remnant making the same case, but not in the same way that Francis is making it. The core of the problem is the Church's acceptance of theological and social liberalism, which runs the range of ideologies from some that many like in America, like classical liberalism, to the modern progressive form of the ideology. And this is all leading towards the development of what we're now being told is a world church. This world church is something that I typically call the ape of the church. It's the same thing. But here's from the letter. Quote, As you know, prior to Vatican II, many popes warned against liberalism and modernism because they sincerely believed that those ideas would harm Catholics. In general, they told us that if you accept these errors, certain evil results will occur. At Vatican II, John XXIII opened the door to ideas that had been condemned by his predecessors. Men like Yves Congar, Augustin Bea, and Henry de Lubac stepped in and persuaded the Council Fathers to accept the previously condemned ideas, many of which were disguised with ambiguity. What happened when Catholics accepted the errors the popes had warned about? For over 60 years, we have seen a proliferation of all the evils in the Church, about which the pre-Vatican II popes warned. Some people argue that these developments flow not from changes introduced at Vatican II, but from broad social change. This might be persuasive if it were not for the fact that those Catholics who retain the pre-Vatican II beliefs and practices have not experienced the same evils, at least not to the same extent. It is obvious that the pre-Vatican II popes were correct. Certainly, there are many nominal Catholics who want the Church to adopt the ideas that the popes had always condemned, because they do not like what the Church has always said about non-Catholic religions and certain moral issues. But nobody is forced to be a Catholic. 
Those who do not want to accept what the church has always taught could freely join one of the countless Protestant churches, or even form their own. Going back to your opposition to proselytism, we can all understand your basic point, even though it conflicts with our Lord's call for us to teach the nations. If you really believe that it is evil to try to change a single person's religious beliefs through talking to them about Catholicism, how can you find it permissible to underhandedly change an entire religion from the inside, while telling believers that nothing has changed? Even a pagan or atheist would find such a devious project to be cruel and unjust, and yet is precisely what the innovators have done to Catholics. You also do this. But your situation is unique because you have taken such great responsibility upon your shoulders. It is bad enough that you will not choose to follow what the church has always taught, but it is infinitely worse that you have occupied the papacy to prevent others from following the religion of all the saints. Indeed, you want to wipe that rigid and backward religion off the face of the earth, even though you would protect every other Christian religion. How can you be so very sure that God wills every religion in the world other than the Catholicism of your youth? All the saints would tell you that you have it exactly backwards. And lengthy quote. Nice takedown of his ecumenism. It's not an accurate assessment of what Francis is up to either. Even if again when the Synod finally issues its final work in 2024, in October, and Francis follows it with something more moderate but still radical, Francis is undeniably engaged in the work of destroying the Catholic faith as we know it. And he's doing it in the name of reforming it, because that's how it's always done. What is he reforming it into, precisely? Something new. We got a hint about that in recent comments made by Bishop Botzing responding to the Synod of Sin and the progress it has made in making the heresies of the German Synodal Way accepted by the whole church. Botzing referred to it as the world church, whatever that is. Certainly the Catholic church exists across the world in every country, even if the faith is practiced underground in many places. But calling it the world church is something else entirely. I quoted this in a video last week on the fear that is reportedly gripping the bishops in Rome, a fear that is keeping most of the decent ones silent in fear of facing reprisals for speaking the truth. In that video, Bishop Botzing was quoted as saying the following, quote, When asked about a change in morality of the flesh, Botzing said, When the Synod says that previous formulations in the Church's teaching on human beings are no longer sufficient here, and that they are moving forward at this point, also with support from science, then this is a huge step forward. He emphasized that an overwhelming majority of a world church has chosen this formulation and adopted it as their own. This is a big step for the world church. End quote. Curiously, that very day that that video was published, meaning merely a few short days after Bishop Botzing gave his statement to the press, the Vatican published a new motu proprio, or papal edict, by Francis in which he commanded the Pontifical Academy for Theology to basically get with the times and adopt a more worldly relativistic theology for the church. This act essentially seeks to decentralize the theology of Catholicism. I have, at the time of the recording of this, the only full English text of it on my website. You should read it. And in the edict, Francis put the faith and theology of the church explicitly under the guidance of secular philosophers and social sciences, claiming that the church must adapt the faith in light of scientific advancement. That, then, is the answer to the question, what is the world church? 
The answer is the world church is the false faith that seeks its definition of truth from the claims made in the moment by secular experts. We've had shades of this in the church for decades already. Simply look at how the church has changed its view of Adam and Eve since the 1950s as just one example. I had a full report on that document, by the way. Again, I did a full report this past Friday, but if you want a quick summary of it, it comes from Gloria TV. But again, I have it up the full text of it for your read on my on at my website. Anyway, Gloria TV's bias shows in the text of this short summary, but it's not an inaccurate one either. Quote, and yet another modu proprio entitled in Latin Ad Theologium Provendum, but published only in Italian, Francis issued new statutes for the irrelevant Pontifical Academy of Theology. Promoting theology in the future cannot be limited to abstractly reproposing formulas and schemes of the past, Francis repeats, one of his abstract formulas of the past, a church that is synodal, missionary, and going forth also needs a theology that goes forth, says the modu proprio, while the council church is neither synodal nor missionary and regresses every year together with its infantile theology, Francis calls for a paradigm shift and a cultural revolution, two ideological terms borrowed from outdated Marxism. The gospel should read and it be read and interpreted in the conditions in which men and women daily live. But what are these conditions concretely? The modu proprio is embarrassingly self-referential with Francis mostly quoting himself, end quote. Again, all that's true. If you want to read it for yourself, I have it at returntotradition.org or the full text in a live stream I did last week. But the call for the church to surrender to science and the world comes in many forms in, in this embarrassingly bad document, including in the statement about how the gospel should be interpreted in the conditions in which men and women daily live, which is troubling enough by itself because it places it in absolute relativism. But in the modu propria as well, he says this, quote, This relational dimension connotes and defines from an epistemic point of view the status of theology, which is urged not to close itself in self-referentiality, which leads to isolation and insignificance, but to grasp itself as embedded in a web of relationships, first and foremost with other disciplines and other knowledge. This is the approach of cross-disciplinarity, that is, interdisciplinarity in a strong sense, as distinct from multidisciplinarity, understood as interdisciplinarity in a weak sense. Nice word salad there. The latter certainly promotes a better understanding of the object of study by considering it from multiple points of view, which nevertheless remain complementary and separate. Instead, cross-disciplinarity should be thought of as the placement and fermentation of all knowledge within the space of light and life offered by the wisdom that emanates from God's revelation. See Apostolic Constitution, Veritatis Gaudium, a document of Francis. Hence the arduous task for theology to be able to make use of new categories, elaborated by other knowledges, in order to penetrate and communicate to truths of faith and transmit the teaching of Jesus in today's languages with originality and critical awareness. End quote. Francis thinks he's going to be able to, to get the scientific community to adopt the gospel. <laughs> the world church seeks to adapt itself to the so-called truths provided and promoted by the scientific school of thought that is so thoroughly corrupted and controlled by the antichristic system that the scientific method and process is lost in the name of money and ideology. True science is. Not that Francis is concerned with that. The world church is malleable, with the meaning of truth changed to fit the mood and needs of the day. It is a church that Pontius Pilate would finally feel quite at home in. 
And that is why Francis is destroying the apostolic faith, or trying to at any rate. Is this world church the ape of the church that I've spoken before about? For those new here, the ape of the church is a concept from Catholic prophecy that goes back millennia. Many saints and mystics have warned about it. Fulton Sheen coined the phrase ape of the church, and I've got a few videos on him talking about that. And numerous mystics and saints spoke about it throughout Catholic history. They all described it as a false church that the world would recognize as the Catholic church in the lead up to some grand chastisement. But in reality, instead of being the Catholic church, it would be a mimic of the church, which apes the actual church in the same way that the Antichrist is the ape of God. Is that what we're witnessing being built? A false church built on the ideologies condemned by the church prior to Vatican II, allied with and submitting to the decrees of the scientific community. Quite possibly. But I'm curious what you thought of this. Is this world's church the answer to the question posed by the remnant in their open letter? Is the world's church subservient to the scientific community? Do you understand why Francis might want to try to convince the scientific community to see things in the light of his understanding of the gospel? Let me know what you think of all this in the comments, please. And hit like and subscribe if you haven't. It does help. So to sharing this on social media, that helps too. As always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.